Welcome caviar connoisseurs to week 21 of Sports Caviar. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing what went right and what went wrong in the NFL Conference Championship round. Should we normalize scoring over 70 in the NBA? There are some absolutely massive top 10 matchups this weekend in college hoops. But first, let's start with the NFC title game. We have the Lions were up 24-7 in the third quarter and proceeded to lose the game. Is this more of an indictment on Detroit or a tip of the cap to Shanahan and company for a second half adjustment? No, I, this was Detroit shooting themselves in the foot multiple times in the second half. Look, we have lived and died all season with uh, Campbell's you know, aggressiveness, the play calling, the fourth down plays. Going for it rather than kicking some field goals. No, I, uh, there were, yes, there were some second half adjustments on their end, but we had a costly turnover. Jameer Gibbs, in four minutes, they scored 14 points with, and, or maybe even less, but they drove down, scored. Our first play, we turned it over on a, on a muffed handoff to, to Gibbs, and then they proceeded to score again. Tip my hat to, to Shanahan and the 49ers, but yeah, I think the Lions really gave that game to the 49ers. The way we were playing that first half was just lights out. And Gibson gave a touch, at least a rushing carry after that fumble. We were only down three. I don't know why we went away from utilizing him in the doghouse. We had plenty of chances. The fourth down play in the first half, I was okay with. The second half, not so much. They take the points, tie it up. I don't understand that one. And then running the ball towards the end of the game and having to waste time and, and four timeouts. Yeah. Uh, it's an indictment on, on Detroit. I, I think that just, it's a, First time in the NFC Championship, they got ahead of themselves and, and just went away from their, their normal style. So tough, great season. Tough to see that that happen and watch San Fran move on when we really deserve to win that game. What do you think, Elliot? You think it was a, a Detroit choking or a San Francisco putting it out on? I think it was Detroit choking, 100%. It's not just the fumble, right? The drop passes. It's the ball that goes off the defender's face and ends up being an IU almost touchdown. And then they, kick over, they score, and then, then he scores right after. It was, I've never felt worse for a city after a game than that. Just for, hey, well, let's be honest. Detroit is an underdog as a city. That team was an underdog going in. That's kind of Dan Campbell's style. They come out swinging, and, and you got to think they were on cloud nine. And then to watch, basically the opposite of what everybody holds dear in that city, right? Tough. Like we're going to keep fighting. Like things go wrong. Like we're going to, we're going to battle through it and to watch your team basically not do that kind of crumble with a little bit of pressure on the line. It's just not the city of Detroit. And, and I feel terrible for the fans because Hey, that, that's a passionate fan base. Sneaky part of that first half might've been closer to 50, 50 than they want to talk about in San Francisco. Fans, the Detroit fans traveled incredibly well. Yeah. And I, the moment maybe got a little too big for I'll say on the fourth down calls, I'm all for it. I love going for it. It's who you are. It's what you do. And what tells you everything about it, right? Everybody, oh, they shouldn't have done it. They shouldn't have done it. San Francisco gets the ball right after they don't kick the field goal and goes straight down for a touchdown. So you needed a touchdown. That tells you everything. You needed a touchdown. He made the right call. Maybe they made the wrong play call, right? But the decision to go for it was the right one. You feel the momentum. You feel your defense not getting stops. That All that has to play into your decision-making. He made the right call over and over again. He's on an all-season. We'd love to have a coach like that in Tampa because I think we got one that, that plays pretty scared and maybe loses that game a hair closer 
follows the book. Maybe he doesn't get blamed as much, but you no, know, Dan Campbell did everything right with the decisions, but boy, it's everything that, that is a Detroit resident. And you think about that town building itself back up and what they got going. I mean, as a city, it's sneaky, kind of a fun city now, by the way, what that city means to be tough, boy, to, to show it on the biggest stage in California and come up short and be a little bit, dare I say, soft in the second half. Boy, it's a, it's a tough one to take if you're a D-Shart Lions fan. Wait, I'll be honest. I agree, Elliot. I do. I don't, I don't mind the, the play to go for it on fourth down, especially that first half one. We, we felt that momentum. We're like, look, if we can punch this one in here and go up 21, that's a whole different ball game, and that takes all the air out of that stadium. I didn't hate that, and obviously it was a great pass. Josh Reynolds played his worst game of the season with his drops. It's, tough. it's, it's tough. in his hands. It's in his chest. You got we all could have made that catch. Maybe three of those. Yeah, he had, I think at least, he had at least two, probably three, maybe four. Mm -hmm. But it was just, the second one, I just felt that take the tie, and then that way, because if you miss it and they go down to what they did, which score, you're down 10. Like that, like at least, even if you keep the field goal, take the points, we're tied up. If they go down and score, you're still one score away. Instead, we had to do the whole, we got to score a touchdown, plus we got to get the outside kick. So I, in my opinion, I think that second one, was the one that I would have been like, hey, Dan, look, I love you. And I have, I've loved every bit of you. And I still do. I'm like, I just feel like that one probably, he's probably looking. I know he said he did, he doesn't regret it. But I'm like, yeah, he might in the back of his head be like, hey, we probably should have done that one. But again. It's also not a guaranteed mate. That's not a. No, no, no. no I can't say field goal. Yeah. That's 48 yeah. right there. Like, it's, it, obviously it's not, not guaranteed to go in. No. And it's not a guarantee either way. But man, <laughs> what you can't do in that moment. No, if you think about it, and if you think about your leader of, of your team at work or your team out here, like when it gets stressful, you, get you can't go do the thing that you said you're not going to do because yeah. then everybody's going to panic because yeah, it's like, oh, the head guy's time. panicking. This isn't what we do. What's he doing? What are we supposed to, should we all do something different? Should we all press? That's leadership is to say, this is the style that has been successful. This is who we are. Stick with who we are. And I think he sent a message to the team. Unfortunately, no. they didn't respond. Look, you got to tip the cap at some point. Brock oh, yeah. Purdy made play after play, which I never thought he could make, but he sure did. He made plays running the ball that I, yeah, I didn't think he had in him. And so you tip the cap at some point and say, hey, that, that's impressive stuff. But you got to be who you are. And as soon oh, as you did. start to, as soon as you start to cower, the whole team's going to feed off that. And so yeah, he should the decision, the right ones. Yeah. He showed me, he showed these look guys. I believe in my players and he's going to trust them every time. But again, great season. I'm I'm very happy with how it ended up with the Lions getting to where they got. Uh, honestly, I don't know if I ever would have said at the beginning of the season that I could see them in the NFC Championships. It just, like Danny Gamble said, it's, like, it's, it's tough to get back there. We don't know. So to be that close to, to getting to the Super Bowl, it, it, it does rip your heart out. It's been a, a hell of a ride. So yeah, we'll I watch agree. the Super Bowl with all you Bucks fans. So cool. Yeah, there was, so I would say the, the fourth and three in the second half was the one that I definitely had a big issue with. I think I, I threw that on the text with you guys. I think that, yes, you can go for it on fourth down. And if that's your identity, great. But there's also certain times in the game where taking the three, it's, it's just as important as converting on a fourth down. Because in that particular scenario, if you would have made the field goal, then it would have countered the field goal that they just had, right? Or it, didn't they just come down and kick a field goal? Because because you guys were down by three. 
You were down so by three. So you're countering three with what, like a 20, 20, 21 0 run or something like 24 0 run. Like it, it's yeah. not apples to apples. I, I, I no, 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 but yeah, but there, but a score, let's say he makes the field goal, a score, it, it really does stymie the momentum. It does. It, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown, it, it's a reset button for Detroit because it's the game would have been tied. And what just made me go irate was the third and goal from the two. Why in the world? Are you running? They still had a chance to win that game. You just can't run on third down. Now, if you want to run on fourth down, fine. But you can't run on third down. You need the timeout, you freaking idiot. What are you doing? Or so don't now, call timeout. Or get up there and run a play. Like, yeah. Run the play. If, you, yeah, if yeah. you kick it with 30 yeah. seconds and you got three timeouts, you still get it back yeah. with yeah. 20, 10, 15, you, know, you can still play the game. Um, you can't call timeout there. What are you doing? You can't, you can't so, do either of those two things, and you definitely can't do both of them. And uh, yeah, it's a, that's a tough, that's a great point. I, 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 so yeah, fine, go for it on fourth. But you can be a coach at some point with the with a minute left in the game. That's all clock management. Make the right strategy yeah. moves in that particular scenario. Well, it could happen. You get the ball back with forty five seconds left. Need a field Come goal, on, babe. See, Prince probably I mean, expecting to rely on an onside kick. Just, yeah, that, um, onside kicks less than five percent. I know. It was just baffling to me. I was like, you just gave them the game on that stupid run play. So, Panic. but then in the AFC, so Elliot was proved to be right about the NFL and Taylor Swift. It, it's, it's all over ESPN. It's all they're talking about. It is, I saw a, uh, a whole post about whether or not Taylor is going to be able to make it to the Super Bowl and how she's going to be able to make it based on her tour and flights and days and all this stuff. And I'm just like, why? Who cares if she can make it to the Super Bowl? Millions of people care. How they, I care. Yeah. I care as a Swifty. Look, hey, in the words of the wise Wu-Tang Clan, cash rules everything around me. Cream gets the money. The dollar bills, y'all. You know, wow. I mean, when it comes to it, sure. The Chiefs had to play a great game. They absolutely did. But man, if there was a way to influence that, you get Taylor Swift there. I can't wait to for them to use all the Santa tracking technology and just like slap Taylor Swift's face on it as she yeah. travels across the Pacific Ocean. And like, <laughs> she's now landing in Los Angeles. And now she's up in the air on her way to Vegas. Like, it's going to be a treat. I'm excited for it. You got to just I, embrace it, Taylor Swift. I don't want to embrace it. I'm not going to embrace it. I, it it's making me want to root for San now. Francisco. So my question to you, Elliot, is do you think that the outcome of that game was a Patty Melt statement or was it a Lamar Zaney Flowers choke job for Baltimore? You know what? I'm putting this on Lamar. Look, if, if you want to be an elite quarterback, if you want to be considered an elite quarterback, talking about this loud, you got to win that game. We talked about this with Joel and B. We were talking, oops, the playoffs is where quarterbacks cement their legacy. Regular season is great. That's awesome. He hasn't, he hasn't been winning games, eight games since he was in college. Didn't be Clemson. Yeah. You all with that? Like, there are teams that have, when the lights have shown brightest, he has not shown up. So I think this is an absolute indictment on Lamar Jackson. Look, he's not, you're going to get rid of him or anything like that. I, I think he's one of, probably the top five quarterbacks in the league, but he's not in that same conversation. He's not in the elite conversation with Mahomes. I think Mahomes didn't have the greatest game, but when he needed to make a play, he made it. 
and and he did it the entire second half. And yeah. Travis Kelsey was obviously, I, I felt, the best player on the field and just dominated that matchup with Kyle Hamilton in a way that I don't think a lot of people expected. And Kyle Hamilton being probably was all pro or I mean, one of the elite safeties in football. He just dominated. But no, I think this is all, this speaks 100% to Lamar Jackson. You can't score 10 points and, and go out there and consider, say, I'm, a, I'm an elite guy. I'm the, I'm the best guy in the league. Nope. That guy's on the other sideline. He's, he's going to Vegas right now. Yeah, especially at home. Burn, do you think that, so I think that we we could probably agree that it was more of a little bit of a choke job on Baltimore here on in that particular game, but would you put it on Lamar or Flowers? No, look, I, I honestly put it with the play calling. Yeah, I don't think that they had a great game plan going into that. They've, they have dominated on when it comes to running and, and, and some zone reads. And they didn't do much, but yeah, you know, inside of that, look, obviously the fourth fumble by the sack was fumble cost them. Lamar didn't play great, but he did have that one hell of the, the throw slash catch on his own. I thought I think, he was gone. I, I did too. Was, I thought I he was, was going to go. the gate right there. <laughs> I think you have know, for the first half, he was the second leading receiver, but Zay Flowers, you, that guy, he needs that. That's a, that's some bonehead plays, man. I, yeah. The taunting. That was huge. You can't, that massive, soft, you can't sit soft, there. Soft taunting. He stood over him. This yeah, and he threw the ball at him. Nine out of 100 times. Cool. I, I, I would sit here and tell you there should be no taunting in professional football. That should not be a penalty. You're oh, grown people, and if you want to stop it, if you don't want him taunt over look, you, don't let Elliot, him I, Elliot, Elliot, I, Look, I agree with you. I agree with you. Luke, but if it's the rule and he knows it, that's a bonehead play by him and cost that team. Cause they, and then, and obviously, you know, with the fumble, you gotta, you gotta hold on to that damn ball. You gotta, you gotta, he could have, honestly, he could have ran in, into and just, oh, fell in. man, I, a fumble at the one yard line, bro. That's one. And they needed those points, man. And they needed those points. Oh, oh that's the same, really job, right? He's thinking I, I'm going to make up for it right here. We're going to get yes. this all back right here. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel bad for the guy, but I, I just feel, yeah, it's a choke. Yeah, I don't know. I call it a choke, but it's. Kansas City outplayed him, man. Kansas City played a better game, a cleaner game. I think it's more of just KC was better that day than I would say with the NFC Championship, where the Lions did give that. I mean, had a bigger like, lead, yeah. I just feel like I feel like Baltimore was after the first series. It was just like yeah, it was KC's to win it. You can't don't bet against Patrick Mahomes in the damn playoffs. That's for damn sure. And yes, Travis Swift, good lord, eleven for eleven. He showed up when he needed to. Yeah. Did it for his wife. I didn't realize he's chippy. He was getting fights like all game. He's probably trying to act like a big man, like a big like, shot in front of T Swift. But doesn't he? I mean, now he has like a, he has the most receptions in a, in the playoff type thing. He set some record. Yeah. If you're Baltimore, the game plan is guard Kelsey because who else is he going to throw to? Valdez Scantling? Come on yeah, here. Exactly. Like, but that one hell of a third down play call on that too. Made the play. Valdez Scantling. Damn. <laughs> but I agree with Elliot. Yeah, I, I think Travis yeah. outshowed, he outplayed. Kyle Hamilton's a, he's a bad dude. That's a dog. Mm -hmm. And Kyle made him look like a little, to be honest. So I think we spent enough time on the, on uh, talking about the losers here. So <laughs> there, there's two, two teams move on. And I think that it's going to be a really good matchup. We're going to do a full deep dive next week on it, but just preliminary thoughts. I want to hear Elliot. What what are you thinking about that game? What are, what are your early vibes telling you? Yeah, no, I think Taylor's going to make it. 
I think she's going to be able to make it from Tokyo. Oh, you talking the game itself? Got it. Yeah, the game. I, the game. You know, I thought we were still talking. We were soft talking Swifty. <laughs> it it sounds oversimplified, but one team has Pat Mahomes and one team doesn't. And that defense for Kansas City is legit. That's a look what they did to Lamar Jackson. They are going to take away. I think they're going to take away Christian McCaffrey. They're going to say Brock Purdy, you got to beat us. I don't think Brock Purdy's good enough to beat them consistently the way that Pat Mahomes is going to score and Burns said it a second ago. You don't bet against Pat Mahomes. You just don't do it. As goofy as his here, hey, he is and as annoying his wife is and as creepy as his brother is, when it's the playoff time, well, it's, it, it's tough to, to put against him. And, and one thing, he doesn't get enough credit, Andy Reid. That guy, he draws things up really well. I just don't see a way that they're going to match up with Kelsey in that offense with what Patrick Mahomes can do. And I think that they win it and could be maybe even handily. Vegas has it. The early line is at minus one. So they've got it as a coin flip as it stands right now. Who knows what the, if that line, how that line is going to move. I do think it's going to be real interesting. I have not made my decision on who I'm going to pick yet. I'm waffling right now. I could see either team winning that, that matchup for sure. I think Shanahan's just as good of a coach as Reed. Yeah, I would say you can't really look at that because Shannon Reed, what he's done over his long career between the yeah. Eagles and the Chiefs. Yeah. Titles and stuff. But, but I think Shanahan is a fantastic coach and he's in that upper echelon, but he's definitely not at Reed's status. He's brought KC to four Super Bowls in five years. Yeah. And I know we can, all, we can also say that Patrick Mahomes is doing the same thing, but it starts with the head coach, works way down. Yeah. But Shanahan, I mean, look, has done really well with, with what he's done, yeah. what they did, and they wasted the trade for that upgraded or moving up to get Trey Lance and they end up with the Mr. Irrelevant doing what he's doing. You can't argue with what Shanahan is and does as a coach. I would love to have Shanahan in Tampa. Love it. You'd, you'd rather have Dan Campbell fighting those Dan kneecaps. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I think I'd rather have Shanahan. He just beat you guys. Probably a nice, beefy, long extension. Five years of college bowls. There's a couple of top 10 matchups this Saturday in College Hoops. So College Hoops is now at the point where you guys could probably start paying a little bit more attention now because we're heading into February and there's only about 10, 11 games left. So these games that these kids are going to be playing are going to be very impactful to whether or not they actually get into the tournament. So we're going to be attention closely here um, over the next couple of weeks. And this particular weekend, there's some pretty juicy matchups. We'll start with uh, uh, number 12, Duke, uh, traveling to Chapel Hill, North Carolina. The lines aren't out yet, so we're just going to pick who we think is going to win the game. I figure they're top 10 matchups. The lines can't be too crazy. I'm going to let you start on this one. Burn, what do you think, bro? I'm going to go with the road team on this one. I just feel like Duke is playing better basketball right now. UNC is having a tough time as we speak. So I just do. I like how they're playing. I just think that overall talent is there. I think it's better. And I think that what they've done this in this last five or six games that has shown me that they are slowly creeping their way back to where they belong, which is in that, that top five discussion. Yeah, give me Duke. I, I, I don't even know what the spread is. I would probably still take Duke even if they were laying the points. Yeah, the spreads that out. I assume it's probably going to be UNC like minus three, three or something. Yeah, yeah. That probably. even if it was Duke minus three, I'd say lay the points. Take it. Like You're Duke liking Duke big on this one here. I do. I like Duke in this one. To all right, uh, Elliot. What say you? Boys want to do this not so fast, my friend. I get. I get you <laughs> one time for Lee. One love. Not that he's dead, but 
Yeah, pull one out for uh, No, I, I think I just, I like that North Carolina team. I think that North Carolina team's really tough to beat. They got two really good guards, RJ Davis, Elliot Kudo. I'm also well, you like his, you like his name, obviously. Yeah. I'm a big <laughs> fan of that. But they got big guys inside. Andrew Baycott is just, oh, man, just a banger. He's been there. How long? Bay, Baycott's had to be there for 10 years. I feel like every time he, he's there getting 15 boards a game, just constantly and they're banging. You watch that Duke game against Clemson. I thought they got beat up a little bit inside. I thought Kyle Philpott didn't really play very well against some physicality. That's not going to match up because these dudes from North Carolina are physical, down low. Also, just a little home cook in there. I don't pretend to be shocked that they got a little bit in Cameron Indoor, but really handed that game. They should have lost that, that Clemson game. Just an absolute clown show of ACC officiating, which it is every single year. If you're not on Tobacco Road, just, you know, hey, I don't think that's a great team. I don't love the matchup for Duke. I think they get beat up a little bit inside in North Carolina guards. are Those are good guards, and I would watch out for them in March because great guards win in March. Old guards win in March. And R.J. Davis has been getting buckets for a little while. Big fan of North Carolina again. Yeah, I think that obviously this is one of the premier matchups in college basketball. They, these two programs they just don't go away right like they just they reset every year and they're right in there duke actually swept the series last year so um, that's a little bit of a nugget filipowski he's a seven footer projected lottery pick you did mention rj davis both teams are about the same offensively defensively slight edge to duke where i think there was a bigger gap was from the three-point line duke is 23rd in the nation unc was 98th I don't like that. Uh, you can't be so bad from three in a rivalry yeah. game like this. That's so, the magic. Yeah, I'm going with the Dukes on this one as well. We um, are aligned. <laughs> shout shout uh, out to Bajan. Yeah, I think. What did Bajan say? Who did he pick? No, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Just so you guys know, North Carolina did lose tonight as well to Georgia Tech. So that's in a the little end, bit of a nugget. You just don't roll into McCavich Pavilion in downtown Atlanta and think you're going to roll a go. Come out with a W. Bajon yeah, aligned guess. with Elliot on this one. UNC. Ooh, so, we got uh, two and two. Bob, I don't know, um, man. Uh, I tell you, Bajon and Elliot are, see, are they're a little more inside than we are on the Lake Coast College basketball. It'll be a great game. Yeah. Loser, gonna, losers you know, have to wear a mustache. You're going to get some like March intensity, and that's what you love about it. It's going to be all in. So then sure. the next matchup is Tennessee, number five, traveling to number six, Kentucky. Kentucky is led by a top 10 prospect, Rob Dillingham and Reed Shepard in the backcourt versus Dalton Necht, Tennessee. Um, I actually caught, a, caught Dalton Connect uh, live here at, in Athens, Georgia, against mm -hmm. the Bulldogs, and I think he got 38 that day. That guy is a bucket. I am. This is a great matchup. This is a moneymaker for him. If he has a great game against the athleticism and the length of Kentucky, he's a lottery pick. If he struggles, he's a standstill shooter, goes in the 20s. So I think this is a, a massive game for him. I think he's going to bring it. I was really impressed with his overall offensive game. He's a deep shooter. But he feels like he plays big and, and gets to his spots, play, you know, scores inside the uh, arc, but is also just a knockdown shooter. But Kentucky's guards are awesome. I think they're going to give Dalton Connect a ton of trouble. I think yeah. he's going to have an, an, an off game and, and try to chalk it up to some nonsense reason that maybe he just ran into this 
this is what it's like to go against elite elite players and elite athletes everywhere that you can't take advantage of. Uh, I think it, this is Kentucky's show, and this is their coming out party for a really good team. And guards win in March. Watch out for Kentucky. <laughs> good ahead, Bert. I look, Elliot and I, we align. We do. Uh, no, I, I think Kentucky. This is their game to really put a state. This is a statement game. Tennessee. Look, they've got some great players, but Kentucky from from Reeves on down, uh, they've got five guys that average double digits. They play great defense. They, they outscore their opponents by over 12 points a game. Your opponents shoot 40% from the field from the, and then 30% from three. I just think it, this is Kentucky's game to dominate, and I, I think they do. No, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they really do put one on Tennessee this game. So, yeah, give me Kentucky all day. Tennessee just lost to South Carolina unranked tonight as well. More breaking news. That just solidifies my pick. <laughs> <laughs> so well, really dude, I saw one on earlier. They were like 18 and three. All right. Yeah. Also, this They're going to be ranked up for that. Yeah. They yeah. Had a, yeah they've <laughs> had sure. a pretty soft. I feel like they've had a, like, they have a couple, like those good wins. And now this is going to really help. So. Well, from what I saw, Kentucky does not have a good defense. Did you look up their defensive stats? Yeah, yeah. If you look at their team stats, their their offense is scoring 89 points, opponents are scoring 75. Their field goal percentage is 41 on the for the opponents. Their three point yeah. the opponents three point percentage is 30 and 30 75. Yeah. So, 75 so, yeah. is a decent amount of change they're giving up there though. Well, I'm just saying there's you more gotta, 90. You got to be a little bit careful with some of that because of the pace that they play at. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to speed you up there because they've got better players as they should. If you're, yeah. you're the better team, you should maximize possessions and that's what they do. And they're going to get fired. They got the big, just look at the percentages. Zavon, Zavon, Amir, Ivicevic. They got it. Finally, the NCAA let him play the. The Nazis at the NCAA let him go. He's back, and they got a big man to to contend with now as well to go with those guards. So you got to good. That's a good team in kid uh, Lexington. Yeah, they can light it up on the offensive side of the ball. But they were 288th on defense, by the way. So that 74, whatever that you're looking at, that's almost 300th in the league for total no, points given up. Look I, again, but you got to also look at the percentages too. So yeah, not scoring, good. They're scoring, but 40. If the opposing team is shooting 40% from the field, like from two-pointers, that's not This is what's going to happen great. in this game. Yeah, this is what's going to happen in this game because Tennessee is actually 46 in defense. So Tennessee actually likes to play in the lower bracket of the points per game. So the, tonight's game, Tennessee lost 63-59. So it was like a very defensive battle. So it's really going to be who's going to give, who's going who's gonna to take in this matchup because Kentucky is going to try to score. Tennessee has good defense. So I'm actually interested to see in this one to be – to, just to go against you three, because Bajan also took. Did Bajan take no, Kentucky or no, Tennessee? He took, he took Tennessee. All right, I'm gonna go with Tennessee. I'm gonna go with Tennessee with an upset, and they're gonna bounce back. Let's see. Last game that we're gonna pick here, number four Houston traveling to Kansas. Number seven, Kansas is led by six seven McCullough and Johnny Furphy, not Murphy. Burn. Let's see ticket on thing. this one. There's no answer to name. Look, Bill Self continues to just melt in big games. I love Houston this game. And I don't, even, I, don't, I don't need to spit out stats for this. 
I just think mm-hmm. that Houston is a is the better team, and they are going to win. Okay, easily. All right, mark it down, Elliot. What do you got? Mark it down. I don't know about Furphy, but I do know Hunter Dickinson is an absolute oh, yeah, um, Dickie. baller. He's the college. He's the college Jokic. He's big. He's slow. He doesn't look athletic. Doesn't look like he can be able to do anything. And he just gives you twenty and ten and five assists. And he's a bucket. He moves the ball and he can shoot it from the three. Yeah, Burns a little sensitive because he left Michigan. They typically don't have a dominant post player. Yeah. They, they've had big men who are. Scrappy more role player types and not a guy you, you throw it in. Obviously, you go back to Embiid, sure. But there's it, it hasn't been a ton of hey, dump it in there and, and let's play off of him. But he changes the way that team plays. I don't like that matchup at all for Houston guards, which is great. You love guards. Um, you said guards. Guards, guards win. You said guards, guards win, win in, well, March. in March. It's That's January. Bill Sanston <laughs> in March, but he sure as heck wins in January. Oh, give me the give me the Jayhawks. Okay. What I like about that, I forgot about Dickinson, by the way. So that's a good call there. But so a couple of quick stats here for you guys on, on Houston. They are number four in the nation. So this is the only reason why we're talking about them, but they're horrible on offense. They're 190th in the league offensively. And I just don't know how far you're going to be able to get, especially in these matchups like this. Like you got to be able to put the ball in the bucket. Defense wins championships. Now they are number one in defense in the entire league. So it's yeah. one of those situations. But I do think that it's going to be, I, I, I think that Kansas at home is going to have enough to be able to, to uh, score enough points against um, this Houston defense to be able to take them down on Saturday. Who, who did Bajan pick? Bajan oh, is aligned with me. Oh, he took you. Okay. Loser has to wear a mustache next week. You still got one more week before you have to create yours. I know it's still growing in, so I'm not there yet. I figure by the time we get to the golf tournament, it'll be full thick. thick. You know what I'm saying? Just another quick little stat here for you guys. Florida State, when I was looking at the stats, I could not believe my eyes. Um... Florida State is number 228th in defense this season. Wow. Didn't even know there was that many teams. What is happening? That is not a Leonard Hamilton stat. I would say they've been better as of late, and that's it's it's amount of wins, right? Like they've been better on defense. They've been more difficult to score against early in the season. That's why they're losing to everybody, right? Stop people. The rest of it doesn't matter. They've been better. Leonard still coaches really well. He gets a little lost sometimes in his recruiting for not recruiting to what they do. And sometimes you got to get guys who fit your identity. Tamir Watkins is a guy who fits that identity. Yeah, I like Watkins. And I like go get guys who get buckets. And then all of a sudden, you kind of got some guys that maybe don't love playing defense. And Baba Miller. Baba Miller, if he tries, he's a, he can be a player. But uh, I, as of late, they've been better. But as over the season, saw what it is, and, and you start to feel like I think he's maybe lost lost what's made him great, and I think it's time to to turn the page and tell us the defense was great. his staple. Man, that was like staple. what we Junk did. We loved defense. To, yeah, just to make us feel a little bit better about ourselves, UF is two hundred ninety sixth in total defense. So okay. they're bringing so, up the rear there. Some say arousal is the key to life. 
and golf is around the corner here. So I wanted to throw some little golf. Let's get a golf conversation going here. How about that? Huh? By the way, I don't know if any, if that's an actual saying, I made that up myself. We're going to so with here. the waste masters is coming up, which by the way, if anybody listening or either of you guys have never been to the waste masters, you need to go to the waste masters. It's the best. It's like oh, one of God. the most fun tournaments yeah. I've ever been in my life. Have you ever been Bert? No, but it's, yeah, you see it on TV. It's like, you want to be there. Well, you can go, you can go this year. There's nothing holding me back. Kid, go. Nope. Nope. You're out. See ya. Babe, babe. Nope. We're good. Like, yeah, so long as you don't fly through South Carolina, you'll be fine. <laughs> the, obviously the majors are going to be what everybody's going to be paying attention to, but the masters. U.S. Open is in Valhalla, Kentucky this year. Pinehurst, North Carolina is also going to be hosting. Big SEC feel. Yeah, it, that's what it feels like. Except for the Royal Troon is going to be the where the Open is going to be in Scotland. Yeah. Um, Expansion's wild now. You don't know where they're going to get the next teams from. So a couple of names just to throw out there that are getting some preseason buzz here. Aberg, Hovland, Min Woo Lee. People are loving Min Woo Lee. Max Homa, Cam Young, Figala. There's this guy named Gordon Sargent, which, by the way, I don't know if you guys know the way it works. He has until May to to declare whether or not he's going to turn pro this year. That's what happens with. Didn't he already team. announce that he's going to? Or I want to say he said he was planning on it that he was going to forego. I'll he him. he's supposed to be a beast when he hits the tour, bro. Um, Great out of Vandy. The Commodore. Gordon Sargent. I think he's, yeah, he's a Commodore. Um, did he just, did he just win? Did he's running out the string as long as he can in Nashville? Because it's probably not a terrible light. <laughs> I'll just get to the tour, man. Come on. Let's go. Now, obviously, some major names are going to be missing from these events on the PGA Tour all the way up until the Masters because Rom decided to pack his bags and go to the live tour. My question to you guys is there was this whole report that came out last year that they were going to merge. So then you were like, who cares who's going to live? They're going to merge. And then they're all going to be playing out one big happy family again. So is a merger coming Elliot or what? I think it has to at some point, but there was so much backlash to that because it PGA tour was so indignant. So better than, so much better than the live tour. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. It's dirty money. It's all that kind of stuff. And they, and they like backtracked on all of it. They're like, all right, cool. We'll just get back together. And there was a lot that people that were not cool with that. That's not okay. And if you're, look back, man, if you're one of these guys who are like, no, I'm a PGA tour guy. I'm going to turn down the cash. I'm going to turn down the money. I don't know how you just say, no, it's cool. Bring them back. Do you get any of that money? How does that work? I, I think there's, it sounds easy to say merge, but there's a lot of moving parts there and a lot of money. And I think that Saudi Arabia is not going to want to just let go of everything. And it just become like the PGA tour sponsored by lit. Like, no, the, they want their name in there. They are in the business of whitewashing all the bad things are sports washing all the bad things that they do. They're going to keep doing this. They're going to keep investing money just like they're doing in soccer. They're not going to give that up. I think at some point, I think you have to merge because it's just, you, you got to figure out a way to, to make golf work. But I, I don't think it's in the short term. I think there's a lot 
to sort through here to get through it. So I just don't see it in the short term. Eventually, yeah, sides will come together, but there's too much benefit for Saudi Arabia to keep doing this. They're getting a lot of positive pub, right? Like they're, hey, they're doing golf. They're buying spot soccer players. They're doing this. They're doing that. Wow. Don't, I'm not going to get political on the, this show, but don't look at the boogeyman behind the screen, right? Look over here. Look at the stuff we want. They're like a magician right now. So they're not going to back off. They've got all the money they you could ever dream of. They're going to keep spending it. It's going to be a decent product. But until they're playing every week, I don't know. I don't, I've never watched a live tournament in my life. And I'm, I'm yeah. not going to start the I, Disney tour tournaments, the league tournaments. And oh, you have. Yeah. Guy. And, oh, I was um, in the midst of a live guy. It's, uh, well, I watched one tournament just to see like mm -hmm. what, like how it would make me feel. And it was so boring. I was like, God, I do not give two craps about this tournament right now. Like, Nothing. I don't care who's playing on whatever team and what team wins and yeah. what. It's just stupid to me. But I, I think that it's obviously all going to come to emerge. The report that I saw, it said that by June of this year, they're talking about making sure that it happens. But my question to you, Bern. So Rom signs this $300 million contract, right? That's fully guaranteed no matter what happens, if they merge or not, or how, how does that's that work? A, that's pretty much a 300 million signing bonus. Hey, thanks for coming to play on the tour. I, I think a merge is inevitable. I think it has to happen. I just don't know when, because there's, as long as Liv can continue to pay and get the elite players to, to make the switch, mm -hmm. there's, where's the benefit for them? They could literally just recreate the PGA and come up with their specific mate they got it they have to do better job obviously the prestigious their rep coming from though they're, they're, nobody's going to these events are they like they don't need oh, they well, have everything else i mean well, what, well, it doesn't well, matter about that that's like look money talks it just it's, doesn't it's, matter like it just here's doesn't. 300 million like you have rory and you have jt and you have tiger and you have all these other guys that are like that have made a pretty good any on the tour right they don't need to go over there and, and do that they have their endorsements but there's some guys like, look, you're going to pay me $100 million and I'm usually getting like 30th, 40th in these PGA Tour events. Yeah. See ya. I just, and you, course, and you can wear shorts on the events. Come on. <laughs> but no, I, I think that it's, it has to happen because to, for both tours to have elite players and to really have the best players in golf playing in these golf tournaments, we've got to come to an agreement and find a way to, to, to merge. I have no idea what that looks like. There is way too much details and moving parts that I, I couldn't even fathom what it's going to look like. Something has to happen. There, there's going to be one more big domino. They got Rom. That's huge. If they Massive. get somebody like Scotty Scheffler to sign with Liv, they're going to the PJ is going to have no other choice but to just succumb to whatever the deal Liv wants to make and just get those golfers yeah. back. I haven't because... been able to secure a lot of the elite Americans. And maybe that's where they've like that. Oh, you don't think that Brooks Kepka's a lead, bro? Well, the hater. He just wins a hater. A, he's good at he's good at majors. I look. I love the guy. Florida State guy. Cocky. What else? What else matters? He only wins like if you're right, you're not Tiger yet. Ty Bar, man, you're you the best ever. Or like you're Tiger, not worth burning time. About there, Tiger Woods, man, that's the man. And yeah, ain't nobody's gonna come close to that, but. I just think that you like, but like you're saying, uh, like a Scotty Scheffler type, like that top 10, top five player, 
And you start I mean, those. losing Rom was huge. Rom was is huge. massive. Yeah. But 300 like, million? Shit. I'd see ya. I don't ES- blame him. If ESPN comes at me and says, we're doing 100 million, I'm gone here. Sorry, guys. Fourth caviar. I'm out. <laughs> the number is probably slightly lower than that. But uh, I don't know how we found you. benefits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so funny. Uh, we'll be on the lookout. I'm really excited for the golf season, especially majors. I'm hoping that Kepka gets one this year. I'm hoping Scheffler gets one. I, I don't think I, it'd be awesome for Tiger to win one, but I just, I, I don't know. I, he just he wins another like, one. I'll, I'll put money on it. He wins another one before his career's over. Well, he better start doing I'll it sooner than later. I think I'm at, I don't think he can play four rounds in a row. So he, I think oh, that's yeah. a, I think that's right. Yeah, fine. Everything's fine. He's bionic now. It's he's solid. He has his body has fallen apart, bro. But you watch him out with um, playing with his son in that tournament. He's not losing distance. He's not losing his swing. It's just, it's just the injury. I'd be concerned about the injury. Yeah, I don't know if he I can do it. it. He can do it for four days and just a, like a miraculous year, and that's what we're gonna call it. But I, 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 he's gonna win another major. It would have to be Augusta. Uh, it's going to think Augusta or a British Open style. I, I don't think the U.S. Open or PGA, they, those courses don't suit well for him. He was terrible at the British Open last year, wasn't he? It was, was the last time he played. He wasn't in the best of anybody knew better commercials than the Masters? Just no. God. Get you jacked mm. up right in the middle of a football game. I'm like, you know what? I would turn the Masters on right now. You know what? I can't <laughs> wait for April. Yeah. What's the yeah. man? Look at the flowers are already blooming. Playing a role here, ready. It's great. Kepka broke my heart last year at Mm. the Masters. I thought he had it, but then Rambo just came back. So we'll see. Golf is on the horizon, folks. We're gonna play a little game, the fried chicken game. But if you're in the Florida area, you guys don't have Publix up there, do you, Elliot? We absolutely do. And I, yeah, it's it's only shops at Publix. Yeah, it's all southeast. (laughs) Okay. They have it in South Carolina, North Carolina. I don't think I they don't have think. Piggly Wiggly in North Carolina. I feel like you say the Piggly Wiggly so derogatory. Yeah. Like, you say, yeah, like you're pop. really talking down to the people of North Carolina. Oh, well, let me oh, tell you. Let oh, me what are you doing? Piggly Wiggly or something? I did go I to a place in North Carolina. I, don't know. I did go to a place in North Carolina. A buddy of mine was like, hey, we got to go pick up some food and beer. We're going to Lowe's. And I was like, since when did Lowe's like do that? I thought it was, I'm like, oh, I guess we can go get some tools in and some food and beer. I'm like, so they have a place called Lowe's, like a grocery store, but it's, it's fantastic. And there's a bar in there. So you literally drink while you're shopping. If you're an alcoholic, that's great. Everything you could dream of. Look, all I'm saying, Publix, step up your game. Let's go. Step it up. Yeah. So this is obvious. So the I'm gonna give you guys a name, and then you're going to give it a classification. So it's gonna be Publix fried chicken level, or if somebody said we're staying in tonight and we're just gonna bake some chicken breasts with no Mm. sauce or anything on it, just baked chicken. Yeah. So those are the two categories. I'm gonna give you a higher. You tell me which one you think it fits. Okay. Elliot's closer to the Carolina region, so I'm going to give him the Canales higher over there. Panthers. I think that this is baked chicken. I think this is fool's gold. I thought he was very average for the majority of that season. 
with some much better weapons than he's going to have in Carolina. No first round pick. Bryce Young, is he good? Does he stink? You're signing up your coaching career to how good he is. And then he doesn't get broken in half because he's closer to built like me than he is to built like Hottie there. So I think that's plain old baked chicken. Not even a little salt on top. Just maybe a little overcooked too. Like it's not even juicy. It's dry, tough. It's, dry. It's, it's tough to get through. And look, I do think he, like what he did in the second half season was good. A lot of energy, good coach. I think he's a bounce back guy. I think you're going to see him in five years land another head coaching job and be successful. I think it's potentially a little bit too young for him. And I just, I don't hold the fit. And there's also the owner stink. And, and you're putting so much on, on an ownership group that's very finicky. They fly through coaches. They're tough to work with. They're inconsistent as a leadership group. It's not the group you want to work with or you think you're going to be successful with. So I think he saw the right, hey, only 32 of these jobs, right? Go get you a head coaching job and do the best you can. I don't like the fit. I don't think it's going to be successful. I think he's an offensive coordinator in three years. Yeah, I was surprised by it because our offense, Vern, when we went to the Bucks detroit game, our offense looked like a big piece of crap. Your offense did. Yeah. Our offense. The Lions. Yeah, yeah. 20 points. I'd take it easy on. Yeah. What well, exactly like the is there, greatest is there show on turf? We, we didn't need to because we, we only gave up six points. It was fine. But I like, is there like a little bit of seasoning on it? Because if you think about it, just hear me out. He's in charge of getting the best out of a quarterback. Baker Mayfield just had his, honestly, a career year. What, 4,000 plus yards? 28-something touchdowns, something like that. But in my mind, I'm like, maybe he could be really good with getting the best out of a quarterback and putting him in the right positions. He he just got Baker paid. Baker's going to sign up an extension along with your your most aggressive coach ever in Bowles. They're both going to be lined up for the next five years, right? Like, most likely, three three to five years. So maybe there's a little bit of seasoning, and maybe it's it may not be the most tasty bite but it might not be as dry it might have some moisture at least some moisture to the chicken breath i think they cooked it i just don't know how tasty it's gonna be yeah so let's give you i'm gonna give you the next one burn it's gonna be coach khakis coach khakis going to the charges oh man let me tell you about that let's say this is not just public fried chicken this is Publix fried chicken tender, pup, like, like sub with some ranch and some buffalo sauce and some pepper jack cheese. It's, it is fantastic. No, I think it's the perfect fit. Like, again, I saw the running on the wall. I, I, I expected this. And then if you look at all the head coaching spots that were available, the Chargers just felt like the perfect fit for, for, for Coach Kack. He's like, you've got an elite quarterback. He is, he, everywhere he goes, he gets the best out of the quarterback play. So, I, you expect Herbert to take that even farther step to becoming yeah. top five quarterback next year. In my, if I had to guess, he, but he's got that defense. He finds a way to make the best out of the defense. So we, Michigan was always one of the top, top five defenses in the country. He'll get the right coordinator in place. Oh, I wonder if they had anything to do because you knew the plays. That helps. But, you not know, against the rules. Not, not against, not against the rules. And, and so that's fine. obviously perfectly fine and so he's in a great spot but the chargers have talent on defense i just think that this is the perfect marriage and i'd be very surprised if the chargers don't make the playoffs this year 
Like, I, oh, I think they're going to make the. Playoffs. I think that I think they can be that good because I think their offense is going to be heads and shoulders above than what, how they were this year, which is crazy because they were still pretty good. But their defense is where they're going to take a really big step forward, and, and so I, yeah, I, I feel really good about that one. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I personally, Chargers as a franchise felt like a soft franchise forever. Mm-hmm. Hey, they're cool. They scored some points. They got really awesome uniforms. That was pretty sweet. When they lost out the powder blues, like those are fire. Man, it just always felt soft. And, and Harbaugh has never had a soft team ever. He's going to change that place. Like Dan Campbell changed the the culture of Detroit, and I think they've got a little bit higher tier quarterback there to to take them uh, to a different place. So it might take a year. Rose people the wrong way, a red ass about how he goes about things. There might be some shifts. You might see some players that leave that you oh he got rid of Mike Evans or or, or Mike Williams. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Or okay, he's going to get the right guys who fit what he wants to do, but that's going to be an entire like you're not going to think of the Chargers the same way as you did before I always like oh they're cool to watch in the radio season but the playoffs like that team's kind of shot like hey, yeah. the same thing about the Dolphins like you cool go do your thing in seven well, brother you're gonna play some forever. you're gonna play so you're gonna play some grown man football where's the rings any rings Phil, Philip he's got 12 kids no rings hopefully he's got one I think he's got one at least he's Phil. got more kids he's got more kids than playoff wins don't, don't, by a don't. lot Liz is not going to be happy if she listens to this. You're bashing her team. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. First of all, Elizabeth Davenport, who I love, he, I don't know, I looked up like she did. She's at Liz person. Still, on, still doing great. Yeah, for a second person I killed off tonight. But now, first, she's a Bucks fan. So let's get that out of the way. Diehard Bucks fan. Oh. Um, two, they hate the Chargers in San Diego. They just oh, they out of San Diego, okay. right? Yeah, they, they don't like, they, they're not big fans of that team. And the Raiders they, they, have moved all over the whole country and their fan base stays loyal to Raider Nation. The Raider Nation is Raider Nation, no matter where they're at. I thought it was going to be the same with the Chargers, I, I, but I guess we'll not. See, I, I'm not. I'm not tuned into the West Coast fandom, especially Oakland. I don't spend a lot of time there personally. So I don't know how money went with them. It'd be interesting Maybe. to ask. I don't know. In Vegas? I want to go to the stadium. It sounds awesome. But I don't know how much are, yeah. are sticking through. But I think that the Chargers are, are going to pick up a lot of fans with Harbaugh. Yeah, I'm going to give you this one here, Elliot. Publix fried chicken or baked chicken for Raheem Morris returning to the ATL? Raheem the dream. Man, was he was the, he coined Youngry, right? Young and Hungry, I think, with that Buccaneers mm-hmm. team. When yeah. they were, I think they were four and two at one point. They're Youngry, and here we come. Yeah, they may want ten. Look, uh, he got thrust into that role too early. He wasn't ready. He wasn't prepared. Everyone been a coordinator. He was a defensive backs coach. I think what an old white guy did in Malcolm Glazer is looked and they saw Mike Tomlin leave and go be a, a great head coach in, in Pittsburgh. And they said, oh, no, we're going to lose another young black head coach. And they threw him into that role because they're afraid they're losing he was too young, too early, kind of Dave Canales then, now. Like, I think he's the second time around. Boy, I love this hire. I love this hire. I think it's a perfect fit for what they bring to the table. Love that they brought in the, oh, I think he's a quarterback's coach, Zach Robinson, if I guess they might. Hmm. From, from LA as well. 
they've got to find a quarterback. No, no doubt about it. But if they can find a quarterback that is halfway decent, I think that has a shot to be a great fit for the team and a great fit for the city. I think he is a, an elite coach and will be for a long time. Uh, oh, so as far as chicken, it's like some Nashville hot chicken. This is the good. Oh, and it's right? going to be a even got Nashville. Maybe, maybe like chicken and waffles here in Atlanta. Maybe go Atlanta a little bit more uh, <laughs> than Nashville. But it's... Um, Class nice chicken and waffles, like it's the real deal. I think that's going to be a fit like a glove and a guy that's going to be a pain in the neck for Buccaneers fans for a real long time. Yeah, so I think that we'll have to see about that one, but Russell Wilson might be a good quarterback for them to go after. I don't know if you believe in Russell, but he would be an upgrade for what they had. So maybe, I don't know. You would be an upgrade from what they had. Um, It's it's rough stuff. Can they get into Jaden Daniels? I think that might be a fit, and I think that you might we might have a problem in Tampa. Burn doesn't so, like uh, it. Burns, burns I, on uh, baked chicken. I want to hear it. No, I'm not on baked chicken, Ellie. I, look, I, I get it. I think you're right with the idea that he got thrusted into a head coaching position too early for him. He wasn't ready for it. He's a little more seasoned. I think he's got a better idea of, of what needs to be done as a head coach. And what, what, so I, I think he's going to be good for Atlanta. I just I, I don't know if it's Nashville hot chicken. I don't think it's a public sub. I don't think it's, I, I, I mean, like they're, they're chicken wings, but I, I just, their defense was already was stellar last year. Or, or I say stellar, but the top 10, I mean, that was a good defense. And you brought in a defensive guy. And, and the, the, the issue right now is how do you get that offense clicking? And look, I think Robinson could be really good. He's never been an OC. We don't know how he is as a play card, but I just, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like they're, if I was going to be choosing the head coach of Atlanta, I would have probably found somebody that Bill could that offense click it. Oh, so you don't like it over? I don't think the offensive mind. It seemed like they were leaning towards. It seemed like they were leaning towards either Belichick or Raheem, right? Harbaugh. Harbaugh had two interviews there. Really, they should have probably thrown some money at Harbaugh, but then maybe they did. I don't. Obviously, we don't know the ins and outs, but I, I just feel like you know, maybe or target Ben Johnson of the Lions, somebody on the offensive side that could canalis, but. You need an offensive. You need something that can. But again, Morris, if he can find the, hopefully he find the right OC that can really make that spark, and he gets the right coaching staff in place. But in my mind, I would have probably leaned towards the offensive side because the defense was already good. Yeah, just that's just me. I, I, but again, I don't hate. I don't hate the hire. I think he's going to be uh, a good Jan- coach. But yeah, they got weapons Jan- on offense. What? They do, and that. And but that's the thing is like bringing in an offensive coach that has an offensive mind that can say, "Look, I'm, I can get those guys." Because we have a OC for that, but do we have? And we don't know where we he he brought in the first time OC. So I like all those things in my mind are a little. I have a little. I I hope I hope he fails. I hope he fails because he's in the (laughs) NFC South. But so true. Jalen Ramsey was like touting it big time, saying he was like the best coach, the best defensive coach he's ever been around. So that yeah, but good endorsement there. Yeah, last one on the fried chicken game. And it's going to be Sharon Moore for Michigan. I'll give this one to you, Byrne. Yeah, no, look. I don't think it's baked chicken. I don't think it's the the chicken tenders at Publix. I I think it's a happy medium. I think it had to be done. He's a proven coach. He showed what he could do because he, hell, he had to sub in for all of those last three games, which if you're going to have an audition to be a head coach, on the road at Penn State, on the road, Maryland, at home against Ohio State, and you win all three and and and, and make, bring us to 
the Big Ten Championships, so then Harbaugh could come back and, and coach to a, a natty. The players love him. He's a passionate coach. He's genuine. You can, just by his, you know, post-game speeches, hell, after that, <laughs> after those games where he's cursing on the sideline and crying, I mean, it, it's hard not to love the guy. Um, young guy, 37. Um, I, the players absolutely have already backed him up and said, I think as soon as Harbaugh said, hey, I'm gone, the offensive line pretty much was already just screaming it like it's it's Moore's time and so it is i think that it, it helps with continuity i think it's going to help with the recruiting to hopefully keep most of the players and we're not going to lose as much to the portal so the attrition hopefully will be reduced i i think it's i i think it was the hire that we all expected it's the hire that needed to happen is it the flashy hire no you could have gone after brian kelly from what i understand matt campbell at iowa state the dude from kansas i am the options with bigger names and experience, but I think he's earned it. It's, I, I relate it to the Urban Meyer drop off, give it over to Ryan Day, and we see what Ohio State's done. I mean, always the top teams. Yeah, I, I like the hire. I think it was what he's earned it. He deserves it in the players' level, and I think that's going to help, and he's going to have the right staff behind him. And I like it. I don't love it, Wait. but I don't like I, I like it. I like it, don't love it. That sounds like you're not really selling yourself on it. Yeah, I'm selling so, so myself, and you have to, because look at the end of the day, it's you know, Michigan is a job that people want, right? It's just it's it just like Florida State, like Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama. Those people want to coach those programs, so it's hard to say that we're just going to hire internally with an unproven coach. But at some point, you have to give it a shot, and 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 the guy has shown he can coach, shown he can call plays. He he again is has the players behind him, so. I think it, it it was the right move, especially with the fact that we were late in the game because we had to let Harbaugh do his thing and, and go through his interview process to keep the continuity, to make sure we don't lose our current recruiting class and our current players. Because, I mean, again, we're going to have 30 days to to see what who enters the, the portal and all that stuff. But So I think it was a good – it's a good hire. Like, at the end of the day, it's a good hire. Yeah, I, I, I think it, there's going to be a drop-off, obviously. I think there's going to be a drop-off, obviously, in Alabama. I guess Ryan Day did a pretty good job of keeping Ohio State relevant after Urban. He did. Um, he did. That's why I but, think that it, this could be similar just because Sharon yeah. has already coached Michigan and, and shown that he can win with the team. Obviously, we were losing quite a bit of players to the draft, but I think that he can keep us at that you know, upper echelon of the Big Ten. Yeah, I I don't know. I'd be I could see why you'd be nervous because you just lost Coach Khakis, right? I would be a little bit sad, I think, if I was a Michigan guy, but sad, not but really not, because you just won the national title. So. Like I, yeah, there's some of that. I think there's some of that to it. I mean, like, and and my wife went to Michigan as well, and I'm very bummed that that Harma left. And but you can't really take him off cloud nine right now. So I tell you yeah. what, she did not want to hire Brian Kelly. She hates Brian Kelly. Like, I, I, there's, like some, there's some more being in the South hobby. Like there's some more Michigan Notre Dame hate than you realize, but that's chippy. They do not care for each other. She knew exactly the kid that she, that Brian Kelly killed at Notre Dame and went straight there and not somebody from Michigan. No, I, uh, I no, there's a little more chippiness. I think that was like, oh, it's a natural fit. I'll just go back up North. But that was like what you South who yeah. don't really understand the dynamics of as the a Michigan fan, Elliot, as a Michigan fan, obviously at team, we hate. Second to that team, it's Notre Dame. Like yeah. 100%. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Penn State, Michigan State, all that. But no, 
it's Ohio State and, and Notre Dame. Those are the two teams. Like, I wish nothing but bad things to both. Yeah. Brian Kelly, uh, not quite the fit that uh, I think people thought was going to be an option. I just think it's tough to say I've got a top two, top three job in the country. And I don't go find a guy who's done it before anywhere. Yeah. I, I, that I scares me a little. And he just didn't come off CEO yet. Like, he didn't feel polished. I don't know if he's ready for the big stage. We're going to get a Raheem Morris type situation. I don't know. But she won the national titles. Okay. You'll be fine. It, Off we go. It would, um, be, it would be like Alex Atkins getting promoted if Norvell went to Alabama. That's It would be like yeah. that. Yeah. After a monster year. And no, like Alabama didn't do it for a reason. But great coaches on that Alabama staff. Absolutely elite coaches on that Alabama staff. So he didn't do it for a reason. Because there's somebody who's done it at a high level that you can go get. I think Kalen DeBoer might be the coach at Michigan if he had already gone. Just put that out there. Yeah. I think well, that might have happened, but Saban opened right. that up already. And he was getting all kinds of traction to Boer getting into the playoffs this year. Hey, man, he wrote uh, that. He sold high and cashed out high with Pinnix and all those receivers. Like, my whole team is gone. We're out. I know. Yeah, I know. So we're going to switch gears a little bit here, NBA. So obviously last week we were talking about how MB dropped 71 and how proud of him I was. He was top 12 in the NBA on that list. And then boom. now. Then now Doncic scores 73. He's, oh, no big deal. You did 71. I can score 73. No problem. So now he's number four on the list for all-time points in a game. My question to you, I'll start with you, Elliot. Do you think that we're just tracking this season to somebody trying to go after Kobe's record of 81? Is that like where we're heading now or what? To be clear, Kobe doesn't have the record. Of Kobe's record for 81. Kobe's yeah. highest score. He doesn't have the... Anyway, yeah, yeah, correct. yeah. First, I love that Luka Doncic still holds a grudge against the Hawks from when they traded him away in the draft. I still think he's got that deep down in him, and it irks him every time he plays them. If he could have gone for 100 in that game, I think he certainly would have tried and tried to do it. But no, I think... Look, I don't think it's a huge knock on defense. These all... These guys are so good offensively. It is unbelievable. Everybody's got the clip of him going up and getting the layup because nobody's covering him. And maybe I like six, eight points that way. I do drop 72, 74, excuse me, not even 72. 73? 73. Maybe something in there? Something like that? That a boy. Put yeah. one of those numbers, one of those yeah. numbers up there. There's I was like, hoping he'd go for 77 with the jersey number on the back. Yeah, the but, jersey. Um, oh, no, it, they are... You watch them play. It is unbelievable. They, they score at all levels. He's shooting a three, but he also passes. Like, he's not, like, that one is zero assist effort either. Like, he's passing the ball. He's leading that offense. He it's is an unbelievable scorer of the basketball in all different ways, and he's really difficult to stop. And I think there's more guys like that in the NBA than there have been, I don't know, since the early 90s. Like, Maybe ever, like the skill level in basketball has continued to rise to a point that if you don't have the right guy on defense and somebody just decides, hey, we're not going away from it, all right? Like coaches just do weird stuff. Like the, if you were talking about Jay, or, uh, Harbaugh and like oh, all of a sudden we're just, we're going to let Lamar drop back and throw it a bunch of times. We're not going to hand it off. Six carries for tournament. Guys, coaches are like, oh, let's run this, let's run that. Some coaches are like, no, man, you can't stop Luca again because no, you can't yeah, stop yeah. it. And they just give it to over and over again. 
I love it. But I just think if you watch these guys play, the skill level in the last decade across the board has gone up. It feels half the league has a 25, a legit 20 to 20, 20 to 30 point score on their roster. And you get the wrong matchup, you get exploited. And, and if somebody wants to embarrass you, it, it feels like they're going for it. 30 is nothing these days. Um, yeah, it, that's my concern. It's average. Like it's, think about the defenses. Who do you think the top defense is in the league? The Magic are top four. I no, think like Minnesota. In, 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 sco in scoring. Yeah, so, Minnesota, maybe. Yeah, Minnesota's number one. How many yeah. points do you think they average they, that they allow a game? 103. 107.4. Yeah. Yeah, like fifth place is 110.9. So it's, I don't know if it's just the way the game is played now or, or it's the, the, oh, the up-tempo. Sure. It's the up-tempo. It's the way they play. It's the, you know, maybe the softness of the referees and their calls. They just do three. Like, everybody shoots more, right? And they're shooting more from long distance, but like... The av the top offense is freaking 124 points a game, so it's yeah. just, I don't know. We're just in a different era when it comes to this, and so these outbursts of 50, 60, and now and shit, we're going 70 points now. That's just crazy. So that's so consistent. Yeah, I'm saying like multiple players are reaching a 70 yeah. mark in a, in a season, and it I happened I assume, twice in a week. Yeah, and I assume that hasn't happened in a, to have multiple no. players like that in a season. So it's, it's just crazy that, that we're just talking about this as it's like, a, oh, what happened this week? Oh, another 70-point score. Awesome. Normal. Like it's, it's not yeah. like some average role player is going for seven. No, no, no. It's, it's all elite, elite players. It is. All-time elite players oh, I, going for monster games. I just think we got more all-time elite players playing at the same time right now than we have yeah. in, in a really long time. And I just think that you got to adjust what you're adjust what you're seeing. And, um, I just feel like if you throw these, let's just say, all these five or six players are, are scoring at will 60 plus you throw those in the 20, 30 years ago in the same NBA. They're not. No, it was different. Yeah. Who was so different. Luka 30 years ago. It doesn't matter. Oh, like, guards were all like, six. Somebody's going to, somebody's going like, to be aggressive on them and they're going to be like, all right, you look, you can't come into the paint. You're going to have to shoot. So you just, which I just look, I love it. And I love the scoring. Cause that's obviously the more exciting part of any sporting event. But I just think it's a different era, and they can shoot at will, they can score at will, because it's just a, it's just a different era. Have you guys watched, obviously you guys have watched Luca play. I was watching a little bit of him play against the Magic the other night. I don't like his style of play. I, the, his, the, the part that bothered me the most is I used to hate Dwayne Wade and Manu Ginobili. I don't like players that like take it in and James Harden. And just they flop, right? Like they do a lot of the arm motions. And if you get anywhere near them when they're when you're, they're about to go up for a shot, it's got, they're going to flail their arms up in the air like they just got murdered. LeBron James, another one. I hate it. And so like he got he did it so much in that game that like he would fall to the floor. He wouldn't even run back on defense. He was sitting there talking to the ref for forty five seconds about how he should have called a foul on the previous play. And I'm like. And this guy's such a big star, they're going to give him the call the next time that he takes it into the lane. Of course, that's his style of play. I hate it. I do think that somebody is going to go for 81, but I, do you think it's going to be like, do you think that would be like disrespecting Kobe to do that? No. 
you go miss a shot because you don't want to get yeah, you No, they're going to go and they're going to get up there and be like, I can't believe Kobe was my hero. And Shea Gilgis Alexander is going to go for 84 tomorrow night. And then <laughs> he's going to be like, I won't serve you. And it's all going to be positive. But it's going to happen. These guys, they're just so good. Like it is incredible the shots they make. And you guys say, oh, just those, they would just get beat up 30 years ago. There's no way. Well, I'm not saying they get beat up, but I don't think they're going, they're not going for seven. You're allowed to play more physical defense. And there, there was a lot to that. Actually, less, that throws, that's less, what, less easy points. That's what made Michael Jordan so great is that he was able to dominate with that physicality. Uh, there's no bad boys. Like there's no crazy. There's only one. The Pistons had three bad boys on their team. And oh, they would get cooked in a pick and roll. Now somebody yeah. walk them out. They'd pick and roll. They'd isolate him. He'd get cooked three times in a rain. Then beer would sit on the bench. That guy wouldn't play four minutes. out in the first quarter. To me, it's, just, it's like are, Draymond. Those guys are accountants. Look at Draymond Green. Are... Draymond Green would be absolutely elite, elite, elite back then. Now, he's, he, been like he, gets, suspe- he gets suspended every other yeah, game so and gets three technicals. So to me, it's on space. But I mean, I'm saying, face. Cool. But I'm saying, like, hey, man, you should have seen some of those Piss and Bulls matchups, man. So, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, a little older than y'all. So I saw him. It's legit. I, I, look, I'm not saying that we don't have elite players in this league. We do. We have tons of them. But the, the game has changed because I think the speed, the the tempo, the and the, the little a little like the play call, like the referees are a little softer now. So oh, for it's, sure, quick to call, and and just the way their our offenses are set up, it's it's pretty much or a lot more threes are, are attempted. So I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a it's a spread offense. It's the equivalent of a spread offense in the NFL or in college. And you're just throwing all game, right? Boom, boom, eight yards, eight yards, eight yards, there. But in the NBA, what what's really changed it is that there's stretch fives now, right? There used to be stretch fours. Now you have your center that if he's not shooting 38% from three, he's not going to get on the court. This was deeper. like huge, like 15 years ago. Oh yeah. my gosh, who's a 6'10 guy? He's money. Yeah. And now it's every 6'10 guy. It's yeah, no, it's uh, the skill level is on a different planet than it was before. Those guys wouldn't sniff the league. They would just get isolated. They would isolate these guys and it's what they do in the league. It's it, when you get in the playoffs, if you can't play defense, they will pick and roll on you. They'll find you. And they'll pick and roll and they'll isolate you one, two or three times in a row and you're back to the bench. Ask Ryan Anderson what happened to him. Good NBA player until they started doing that to him and he couldn't play in the playoffs. So there's there are guys who can play in the regular season who can't play in the playoffs, and they will isolate you. They will embarrass you, and that's how teams go. Now, but uh, you think you think fun. Ben Wallace would be able to survive in the NBA right now? I think he wouldn't start. I think he could be a backup, 10, 15 minute game against the right matchup, right? Like a guy who you can like when they don't have a, a stretch five that's going to kill you out wide. He's worth it. Yeah, I don't think he plays in the NBA right now. All these that's crazy, right? That's insane to think about because Ben Wallace was a beast on the defensive side of the ball. And it would be interesting to see like somebody like Shaq play in today's day too. Like like just such as like just a huge man. Because Wimpanyana is not like that. He's seven foot five or whatever, but he's not huge like Shaq. That you know, he's not girthy. Wimpanyama looks like a guard. He is crazy. Um, yeah, like he plays like a guard. He it, it is very it doesn't fit the eye, right? 
This doesn't look right. He's incredible. No, he looks like he's going to snap in half, actually. Yeah. Um, was, I'm surprised him and Chet didn't start a little fire rubbing together there. Oh, Chet, yeah, Chet is the same exact build. <laughs> so that, I think that's going to do it here for us this week on Sports Caviar. I want to give a special shout out to our buddy Elliot for joining us here. And uh, we will be talking to you guys next week, previewing the Super Bowl matchup. Talk to you guys soon.